chapter sixteen of the house of mystery by richard marsh this librivox recording is in the public domain a declaration of innocence she had a roll of music in one hand as she came out of her hiding-place she glanced quickly around her at sight of madeline she drew a little back laughing softly you from where have you sprung i thought no one was here maud's sudden appearance had taken madeline unawares her thoughts had been occupied upon such widely different themes that it gave her a sense of shock and as she noted the young lady's light-hearted bearing her careless tones her merry laughter some dissonant note seemed struck within her own brain which almost stunned her putting her hand up to her brow she gazed at the other stupidly speaking as though there was an impediment in her speech i've only just come in this moment maud came hurrying across the room waving her roll of music in the air why sister mine what a sober face you wear are you tired of playing at being me that you look as if you were borne down by all the troubles of the universe and you've only been at it for a dozen hours think of what i've endured as the occupant during all the long passage of the years of the birth of which already you have wearied and take pity dear madeline gasped she felt as if all evidence to the contrary apart that she must be dreaming that this girl who chattered like some volatile light-hearted child who had never known what it meant to come into contact with the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil could be the creature who so short a time ago had perpetrated so dastardly a crime seemed indeed to be incredible it was to madeline as if the foundations of the world were giving way beneath her maud how can you talk like that why my dearest i take it it is because i was built that way but how can you talk like that i hope it's not for the same reason because you remind me of nothing so much as the lady in the melodramas who never opens her lips without a clutch at her throat and a gasp madeline imitated the action of which maud spoke with such derision she put her hand up to her throat and gasped maud don't i must speak to you i must well my sweetest must and so you shall let's go to the music-room that's where i hold all my tete-a-tetes just now i'm going to pour out my soul in song which at this moment is attuned to sacred numbers see she flashed a sheet of music before madeline's startled eyes i know that my redeemer liveth that's a song for you when sung and you shall hear me sing it brandishing in the air the melody the words of which madeline had learned to associate with her most hallowed memories throwing the door wide open maud ran out into the corridor for the second time madeline followed her guidance to the music-room again without meeting any one upon the way once inside maud scampered across the floor humming some gay air in the gallery she would have immediately begun to sing had not madeline stayed her maud i must speak to you before you sing i must then my pet speak on maud why did you do it madeline's voice sank to a whisper which whether she would or would not was uncomfortably tremulous to her the question was big with the fate of rome the other however ignored her earnestness altogether treating her inquiry with a rattle of frivolity because the spirit moved me i suppose but what serves me as the spirit though as a rule it's wisest not to ask me why 
i do a thing because i never know i do it and it's done for me that's enough and sometimes more after the event i have occasionally asked myself why i did a thing and wished i hadn't but never under any circumstances have i burdened myself with such a useless inquiry before any other information can be had while you wait maud madeline why did you do it my poor child how exceedingly how deplorably grave we are is it indigestion or is it because you've had too much of stains in the latter case even an exaggerated gravity is only to be expected i who speak i have been there how can you talk of him like that my gracious how would you have me talk of him as the emperor of fee fo fum or as the sultan of rum titum after trying to murder him that's nothing i have been trying to try to murder him since the day when first we met in an amateurish dilettante sort of way but the mischief is that i've never got beyond the trying as a more level-headed person might would and should have done you call it nothing to try to stab him to the heart well perhaps that hardly does deserve to be called nothing it is an appreciable sort of quantity when you come to think of it you wicked girl you are the most wicked person i ever heard of your wickedness is beyond anything of which i ever dreamed madeline had flared into sudden passion and moving a step or two away glared at the other with flaming eyes and heaving bosom maud plainly taken aback by the sudden outburst stared at her as if she were some curiosity which she was encountering for the first time my goodness gracious am i really how nice it must be to have come upon a unique specimen at last you laugh at me and jibe and jeer with blood upon your hands maud repeated madeline's own gesture when accused by mrs singleton she held out her hands in front of her turning them over and over regarding them askance blood upon my hands on the inside or the out it is not possible that you can be human you must be something of evil in a woman's shape since you can persist in making a mock of such a dastard crime maud rested her hands on the little shelf against which she was leaning smoothing out the sheet of music with her fingers and glancing quizzically at madeline as if she suspected her of playing a part the meaning of which she was trying to unriddle my dear dear twin sister what a state you must be in it must be cucumbers if it isn't stains let us sing or rather let me sing i know that my redeemer liveth it will help to clear the air and believe me it needs some clearing not that song at any rate you shall not sing that song indeed why not what's the matter with the song you to sing that you know that your redeemer liveth you with the stain of murder on your soul of which you make a jest maud folding her hands in front of her turned towards the speaker with an air of patient resignation my sweetest madeline are you mad you must suppose i am or you would not treat me as if i were another fool even you can hardly seriously expect a third party to regard your act in the same jocular light in which it seems to appear to you maud turned still more towards madeline and she sighed there seems to be some method in your madness if you're really mad there appears to be some haunting impression in your mind that i've done something in the name of all that is fortuitous what have i done you ask me that you it is plain that as i say you regard me as a fool and perhaps what you have seen of me warrants your estimate but there is a point at which even my folly stops and that point is 
there was silence maud her hands gracefully clasped together regarded the other with a pleasant smile which seemed to drive madeline almost to the verge of imbecility her breath came in short gusts her fists clenched and unclenched it seemed that it was an effort she kept herself from assailing her smiling double with actual violence i believe you are a devil maud's smile grew rather more than less how like me you are even when you're in a rage it's really most remarkable but why devil madeline threw out her arms with a movement of dismissal so be it it will come back to you in the end you may laugh now but you will weep before you've done i've been charged with your sin i'm not sure that i've not been threatened with the police mrs singleton would chase me from the house into which she dragged me even he thinks that it was i who struck him if you have decided that so far as you are able i am to bear the weight of your offence god help us both yours will be the greater punishment after all for you cannot cheat god even if you succeed in cheating man whatever comes i shall have the satisfaction of knowing that as you know that in this matter at least my conscience is clean as are my hands she stretched out her hands with a touch of sudden pathos and turned to go maud watched her as she went when she had gone a step or two she called to her madeline the girl stopping looked around well i really begin to think that after all you are in earnest you must forgive me for laughing at you because you speak in such a very dramatic way but i don't understand you child you forget that i have been shut up in my dungeon tower and know nothing of what has been passing in the world below what mysterious thing has happened and what deed do you suppose me to have done of such a very dreadful kind again madeline's eyes began to blaze why do you talk to me like that why do you i won't laugh at you again at least i'll try not to though you don't know what a tempting object you seem to me to be evidently something very curious is in the air which at present is quite beyond my comprehension please tell me as plainly and also as calmly as you can of what in your judgment i stand accused you stand accused accused how long is it since you tried to stab your cousin to the heart i tried to stab my cousin to the heart madeline you must be mad i'd rather be mad ten thousand times than such a thing as you he lies there with the wound in his side into which you drove that dreadful knife and he thinks i did it that i came to him with his kisses fresh upon my lips with them all aflame with burning words of love and tried to take his life and you who did it you stand here and laugh at me pretending you don't understand god's curse will light upon this wicked house would that i had died before i had ever seen it for since i knew it yesterday i seem to have entered into the inner chambers of sin and to have been drawn into the very gates of hell madden i thought i was feather-brained but you go beyond me altogether you don't know what you're saying or if you do i don't has there been really someone stabbed you pretend again to ply me with your questions past mistress of dissimulation yes there really has been someone stabbed and by you by you by you i suppose that now you will deny it was by you if you are making such an accusation in earnest which i find it hard to credit if you are sane i do deny it altogether so it is as i imagined and you do propose to shuffle away from the consequences of this thing which you have done under cover of a lie but perhaps you are not aware that i saw you do it you saw me stab my cousin i was standing at the open bedroom door and was just returning into the room in which i had left the earl of staines when you came in 
when i came in i heard him speak to you and you returned no answer he thought you were me and spoke of how quick i had been as he supposed in changing my frock and you were careful not to undeceive him i saw you take the dagger from the table and him hold out his hand for it and how you drove it with all your force into his side perhaps as you say you were not aware that there was a witness of all you did as madeline continued to speak the envenomed words pouring from her lips as if they were so many missiles which she was hurling at the other the fashion of maud's countenance began to change it commenced to assume a look of odd vacuity the light faded from her eyes the expression from her features when madeline ceased she looked about her with an air of unpleasantly strenuous attention as if her faculty of hearing were strained to the utmost what was that duncan's funeral knell wasn't it someone calling if so it was the voice which called to cain maud putting her hands up to her face as if to veil her eyes began to shiver as with a paroxysm of sudden cold she moved closer to the other's side madeline where are you don't leave me i'm feeling so afraid at last what do you mean by at last it is so strange i cannot explain but i seem to have gone through all this before i don't know when it's as though i had woke out of a kind of nightmare still acting is it because you're an actress through and through only an actress nothing real why do you speak to me so cruelly what is your standard of cruelty don't you think it was cruel to drive that knife into your cousin's side maud looked at her askance it was plain that that wave of curious emotion was passing over her she drew herself up with a little movement of disdain i believe you are mad whether this queer tale of yours about someone being stabbed is or is not a pure invention i cannot say in any case i am not interested you know all the world knows that i am indifferent to whatever it may concern my cousin stains if he has had an accident that is his affair and if you like to make it so yours cry over him if it pleases you to your heart's content but don't plague me with your melodramatic posing suppose i go from here to the police denouncing you for murder what then you rave it is not your fault if it was not actual murder you did your best to drive the knife well home my queer creature i'm beginning to think that after all you cannot be so very much like me i don't believe i ever drivel i'm not at all like you thank god maud shrugged her shoulders no doubt you have something to be thankful for only do go and be thankful somewhere else and let me sing you shall sing in a moment if you dare and god will let you only let me understand you clearly before i go is it your unalterable determination that so far as you're concerned i am to be made to bear the brunt of your offending that in other words you intend to take advantage of the superficial likeness which exists between us to give the world to understand that what you did was done by me that the innocent is guilty and the guilty innocent look here madeline to descend to the vernacular i believe you're cracked when i first set eyes on you i was ready to jump out of my shoes with joy i took you in my arms i am willing to take you in them again this moment though you do seem to be turning out to be nothing but a bundle of prickles what be you have in your bonnet i haven't the faintest notion or whether you're subject to delusions but if stains has been stabbed and saving your presence the bare suggestion seems to smell of the sacred lamp i can only say it wasn't i who stabbed him i'm no stabber and haven't had the slightest inclination to enter that line of business since i saw you last you appear to continually forget that i saw you do it you carry yourself with such an air of honesty that you begin to impose on me 
until i remind myself that i did see you with my own eyes then my dear girl you must have been seeing double why i haven't seen the man for a week or more as i live it's true i'll swear it to you in half a dozen languages if it will give you any sort of satisfaction it gives me no satisfaction to hear you perjure yourself you stand there like a radamantine judge with a poker down your back what a female brutus you would make unfortunately it's the humour of the situation which appeals to me because the sure fact is that if you did see what you thought you saw there must be visions about and it was my wraith which made itself visible to you in that singularly ostentatious fashion the puzzle is why you should wish to lie to me i can understand why you might wish to lie to others but why to me it makes no difference you know i saw you and i know i saw you to persist in a denial of the plain fact when we are quite alone together seems to me pushing deception to an unnecessary length my most charming madeline what do you wish me to do or say do you wish me to go to staines and observe my dear boy i felt like stabbing you over and over again and now i've done it or my wraith has and if you'd like to have a prod at me to make things even why you're welcome is that what you want me to do if it is i've half a mind to do it right straight away just for the sake of smoothing out your ruffled feelings madeline was still she was examining the girl in front of her noting the careless air of frankness with which she spoke to suppose it false suggested almost supernatural powers of duplicity her own assurance wavered she began to wonder if it was not possible that she might have been guilty of an injustice after all if her eyes in some inexplicable fashion had not been playing her a trick even a momentary doubt occurred to her as to whether there might not be something in the girl's wild words and if as she put it it was her wraith which she had seen she was conscious of an overmastering desire to reach to the bottom of this strange business to ascertain how much was true and how much was false about this being of wondrous loveliness she looked all innocence was it possible that beneath that garb of purity was a monster of iniquity madeline's manner became more collected she put her questions with a calmer intonation it had become her one desire to bring the truth to the light your statements and mine are in direct conflict i believe that i saw you do this thing you say that i did not if you really mean what you say you will be desirous of proving that i am wrong in which case you will have no objection in explaining how you have spent the day not the least in the world come i am ready fire your questions sweetest this grows interesting i have often wondered what it felt like to be cross-examined now i am going to know she pushed herself on the shelf which ran round the gallery so that one foot dangled in the air madeline found her irrepressible frivolity difficult to combat she herself was so oppressed by the horror of the thing that the other's persistent refusal to treat it seriously galled her into a frenzy her tone in spite of herself was harder because the other's was so light when did you first leave that hiding-place of yours well i'll tell you let me think i don't want to be caught tripping and then to have you fasten on me a point-blank charge of perjury first of all i came out to cheer you up i thought you would want cheering up before you went you know before you went to promise to marry staines by way of being deputy for me but you were gone and it seemed that you didn't stand in any need of cheering up because i stole after you and from a corner of my own i saw the show you saw the show yes wasn't it fun goodness knows what would have happened if anyone had chanced on me but nobody did i never enjoyed anything so much in my life you look so much like me that more than once i was positively startled it was so supernatural 
there were little tricks of yours which reminded me of myself in a way that was quite miraculous and you looked yes you looked every bit as lovely as i myself could have done and i'm not sure that in a way you didn't look lovelier you did me the greatest possible credit my dear and as i looked at you i realized for the first time in my whole existence how positively charming i myself must be well when the show was over i went she paused and as she did so the same odd change took place in her expression which had obscured it before it seemed all in an instant to become apathetic and dull i went it's very odd let me see where did i go i went she put her hands up to her brow as if to aid her memory i think i went to see bianchi do you know it's very singular but i don't seem to remember what happened while i was with bianchi it seems all muddled what happened after you left him maud wrapped her temples with her knuckles as if violence were put in motion the apparently dormant powers of her brain she glanced up at madeline with a look of half comical bewilderment i can't remember it really is very queer indeed but i can't the next thing i can actually recall is finding myself back in my dungeon tower though whence i came or how i got there i don't seem to have a notion by the way i do remember this that when i discovered where i was i myself wondered how i had got there perhaps i had been walking in my sleep do you think i had you went into what you call your dungeon tower with your cousin's blood wet upon your hands when i caught you in the act you fled for your life is that so dear me how very odd then from that do you infer that i did the shameful deed while walking in my sleep is there anything of that kind upon the records of the nougat calendar for instance madeline's attitude was expressive of the disgust she felt this tergiversation this dexterity and shuffling as she felt it to be seemed to her to be almost as horrible as the crime itself she turned away with a movement of uncontrollable contempt to talk to you is to waste one's time i can only conclude that in you the moral sense if ever existent is long since dead it is quite plain that you are altogether void of any perception of a difference between right and wrong she moved towards the staircase which led down into the body of the hall maud called after her my dearest madam what an extraordinary style of speech you do appear to keep in stock you don't mean to say solemnly that you don't believe me i don't believe you but i do hope that merely on that account you are not going to place me under a ban of excommunication i'll tell a lie i really will rather than you should think i am untruthful thank you i should not wish to put your powers in that direction to an unnecessary strain then i'll sing to you you little horror and in a moment she broke into song the magic of the melody filled madeline with a kind of intoxication her pulses throbbed her heart-strings seemed to quiver but she moved across the room without pause or stay never pausing to look back when she reached the door rushing from the room with the music of that marvellous voice ringing in her ears as if to mock her when she was without she leaned against the wall pressing her hand against her side trembling so that even with the support afforded by the wall it seemed to be all that she could do to be able to stand hardly had she taken a dozen steps after she had to some extent recovered her self-control when a voice addressed her from behind so it is you is it i find you again after all you and i will understand each other if you please alone together where there is no lazarus to interfere the speaker was signor bianchi End of chapter sixteen